Imagine you're standing at the edge of a cliff. Across the ravine, there's a lush forest, a jungle that we can call narrative-style podcasts. You know the type. This American Life, Radio Lab, Reply All, Startup, 99% Invisible. The kind of show with layers, literal and figurative. The intertwining jungle vines of sound design and music scoring, broken every few feet by these towering figures, these hosts with years of journalistic and performative experience, dotting the skyline with their perfect pronunciations and their irresistible interjections, all to narrate the story of what? It almost doesn't matter. It seems anything they touch is awe-inspiring. The entire thing teeming with life. And you, you standing there on this side of the ravine, at the edge of the cliff, staring longingly at that jungle, just wishing you could do something even remotely that full, that vibrant. But here you stand on some parched earth, and there, beneath your feet, a tiny patch of grass, barely able to poke out of the dusty ground, a patch called an interview show, with no editing, just some meandering Q&A with whatever experts managed to say yes with whatever few resources you actually have. Today, we step out over the edge to find that this chasm we thought stood between us and those we admire, yeah, it turns out there's a lot of solid ground between us and them, and therefore, a ton of really creative types of shows that we can make, all without doing any of that crazy editing that needs so many resources. So yes, I am indeed here to tell you that the show we long to create, those creative, amazing experiences, it's all well within our grasp. This is Three Clips. Welcome to Three Clips, the show where we make sense of great podcasts a few little pieces at a time. This is the official podcast of Marketing Showrunners. At MSR, we want to help marketers make their audience's favorite show so they can be their favorite brand. And so we serve marketers who want to find and share their voices, make a difference, and shift the culture for the better. I'm Jay Akunzo, founder of MSR, and to keep in touch with all the things we do, join some of the most creative, driven marketers on the planet who subscribe to our monthly newsletter at marketingshowrunners.com. Just click the big subscribe button when you get there. We send one insight every month. It's found nowhere else, plus a roundup of our best content. That's MSR Monthly. Go to marketingshowrunners.com. Today, we dive into the podcast, Binge Mode, which has exploded into the zeitgeist in not a lot of time. We'll explore why, and most importantly for our work, we'll deconstruct a few clips of that show that teach us how to create a wildly entertaining experience, irresistible audio, without doing much post-production at all, or even interviewing a single guest if we so choose. Now, we think there are two extremes. On the one extreme, those public radio-style shows, the heavily produced narrative-style experiences. On the other extreme, there's us, on this side of the cliff. And because we can't or won't do much editing, we must have to default to just doing an interview show with the same experts everybody else has spoken to. But in between those two extremes, there's miles and miles of creative possibilities to explore, and it's there where the opportunity really is. So after this quick break, we're going to go explore those opportunities. Stay with me. Three Clips is made possible thanks to the support of Contently. 
By day, Contently has a tech platform for large brands like Google, Marriott, and Dell to make their content marketing more efficient and to suggest the right formats for the best channels and your specific audience. That's by day. But by night, they protect Gotham from evil. Okay, not really, but they did create a video series teaching great content strategy and part of it involves one of their marketers dressing up as Batman. I swear I'm not making this up. Contently has probably the best handle on the blend of entertainment value and useful insights to teach marketers how to be great content marketers. So you can learn more about Contently's content strategy course and take a look at one of their marketers sheepishly and then very unabashedly acting like Batman at the URL contently.com slash three clips, the number three clips. There, you'll learn how some of the most creative brands on earth run their content marketing and the fundamentals of storytelling and distribution driving it all. Contently.com slash three clips. Form fill required. Okay, let's get back to our discussion of binge mode. Binge mode, as the name implies, is a show where the co-hosts literally binge some kind of popular, in this case, fictional series. They do a lot of fantasy and sci-fi and stuff like that. Each episode, they go deep, or actually, I said that wrong. They go deep inside a series of books, movies, or TV episodes with a single episode of binge mode exploring a small subset of the overall source material. For instance, they did one season all about Harry Potter, and each episode would be about a few chapters from one book. They would exhaust the book and then do the movie and then repeat for the next book. Binge mode is a podcast from theringer.com. Oh, I should say here, theringer.com. What a great website. And it exploded into fame thanks to their look inside Game of Thrones. That's where Binge Mode started. In 2017, they recapped every single episode of every single season of Game of Thrones. It was a massive creative undertaking, binging all 60 episodes ahead of season 7. They then did season 7, then 8, and in between, they did special episodes on stuff like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or Black Mirror, or Friday Night Lights, and more. It's an incredible show, but point being, on Binge Mode, when they talk about a topic, they go deep. Or, I should say, they go deep. Now, all those facts about what the show is will sound familiar to the fans of the show. If you know Binge Mode, all those facts were pretty rote. But buried inside of my description there are a couple inside jokes, a couple winks and nods that I was trying to give, albeit poorly, to the inside jokes of Binge Mode. And why was I doing that? Because Binge Mode's two hosts, as we'll explore later, are the best at lacing their content with running gags and inside jokes, all of which creates a community feel. So what were my little inside jokes or nod to the people who get Binge Mode already? Well, both times I said the word deep, I said it in kind of a weird way. I said deep. That's an inside joke, believe it or not. We're going to deconstruct why that is. It's so simple as to be like overlooked by every marketer on the planet, and we should be doing this more. So we'll break that down in a second. The second inside joke is when I said theringer.com, I immediately said, what a great website. So if you're wondering why or how the heck these little things could be interesting inside jokes, or maybe you know why, and you just want to hear their original versions performed instead of like me ruining them, well, my dear friend, either way, The answers are coming right now, because we're about to play our very first clip of the episode. And since Binge Mode will teach us a lot about making entertaining, inside joke-laced episodes, I've picked out the perfect little transition sound effect that we can use to introduce all our clips. So let's just play that here. Here's what I picked. (laughs) All right, so all of our clips today are from the same episode 
of Binge Mode. It's uh, the season when they did Harry Potter, the books and the films. And the episode I selected pretty arbitrarily was about chapters 16 through 20 of the book Goblet of Fire. That, that detail really doesn't matter, so don't worry if you didn't catch that. But if you're curious, maybe you're a binge mode diehard, that's the episode. Goblet of Fire, chapters 16 through 20. Again, the whole season exploring Harry Potter. So our first clip is binge mode's opening. They use the same opening script every single time, yet it's become irresistible. It's housekeeping, but it's entertainment at the same time. It's an inside joke with super fans, and just plain entertaining with all fans. So the clip I'm about to play happens after the host reads an ad and after they do some warnings about spoilers and adult content. So this is like the first real content of the episode. All right, let's go to the first clip. Welcome to Binge Mode yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm Mallory Rubin, executive editor of TheRinger.com. What a great website. So good. <laughs> Joining me today, now yes. that he's finished interviewing his next feature subject mm. in the Ringer's broom cupboard. Come in here, playroom, pull up a saucer. It's Ringer staff writer, your headmaster, Jason Concepcion. Mal, ignore the quill, because it's time for Binge Mode Harry Potter, where we're exploring every facet of the Harry Potter universe. Whether you prefer the common Welsh green, a Swedish short snout, a Chinese fireball, or the famous Hungarian horntail, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us five points and stars for Binge Mode. Please also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at binge underscore mode, a.k.a. the underscore, and join our Facebook group, which is just for binge mode fans, and which is an excellent place to swap tips on the proper form for a summoning charm. Love a summoning charm. I love to summon. Wish I could do that in real life. I know. Yesterday, on Binge Mode Harry Potter, we explored how horizons expand in chapters 11 through 15 of Goblet of Fire. On today's episode, we're diving into chapters 16 through 20 of Goblet. Can't believe how far we are into this beautiful text already. Requisite spoiler warning for today's binge as always. While those chapters are today's primary focus, we will be going deep. Deep! <laughs> On details from all seven books mm. and eight films and the wider Potter canon. <laughs> okay, so did you catch the first two inside jokes that I myself tried to do, albeit poorly? You know, did you hear them say, what a great website? Did you hear Jason, the host, say, deep? All right, either way, let's break down the beauty of this intro. It's templated, and yet they constantly remix it and play with it to make it great, to make it something you actually want every time. Think about that. How much housekeeping do we front load in our episodes? Binge Mode does something similar, and yet it's kind of wildly entertaining. People look forward to it. So here is their formula for doing that. Let's look at the template of their opens. First, they play the opening theme. You heard the music here. It's evocative of whatever fantasy element they're exploring. In this case, Harry Potter. Then, co-host Mallory Rubin says, Hello! And then Jason Concepcion says, Yeah! But he remixes that yeah. And somehow, impossibly, Hello, yeah, has become part of the appeal of the show. I mean, people lose their minds when they do that introduction, when they do live shows in person. People post it on social media. I've even seen fans doing a lip sync to those words. 
Again, this isn't a complicated, amazing, groundbreaking story here. It's the greeting, hello, yeah. How did it get that way? I mean, this is nothing. They say nothing there. But it's how they say it, not what they say. And more crucially, how they reinvent it across episodes. They play with it. Mallory's hello is always the same. And then Jason follows up with his yeah that he'll change. He'll growl. He'll say it in a guttural way. He'll say it softly. He'll say it quick. He'll say yes. Or he'll draw it out and say yeah really loud and long. Hello, yeah. These two hosts have made the least interesting content I can possibly think of when you host a show. They've made that terribly boring, pointless content into something amazing. Imagine that. Now here's the thing. It can't be forced for it to work. Their first few versions of this greeting were pretty subdued. A sort of friendly hello from Mallory Rubin and then a yep, I'm Jason Concepcion from Jason. But now hello yeah is something we can call a runner. Runners or running jokes or running gags must evolve steadily over time and we must be willing to kill them after a number of attempts and it has to be somewhat authentic. You can do it proactively, but you have to make sure people actually care about it. Otherwise, it feels hollow. It feels like a cheap gimmick that no one can stand. Similar to Hello Yeah, every time Mallory says where she and Jason work, theringer.com, Jason says, what a great website. And sometimes he just says, great website. Other times, he loses his mind. Oh, what a great website. It's the best. So they find other ways, other pockets to kind of play with their scripts and have fun, even though, again, it's housekeeping. And then, of course, you have the moment every episode where Mallory says, today we'll be going deep, and Jason follows that up with his version of deep. And again, he changes how he says it. He always does. And every time, Mallory seems to genuinely enjoy it. I mean, listeners certainly do. Look, people get what we're doing here. Give them credit. They know you're reading an intro when you're reading it. You're doing this for work. It can get monotonous. So mix it up. Try different things. Imbue the words that you read with your unique personality because, make no mistake, who you are is your unfair advantage. So why not use that advantage to its fullest? One other thing to call out about these opening moments on Binge Mode is how they connect episodes to make a truly serialized experience, not just episodic content. And sure, you and I don't explore things that are actually connected all the time. I mean, after all, Binge Mode's source material is from one canon. The Harry Potter books are serialized. The story all ties together. So naturally, their deconstruction of that story is serialized. You heard these chapters of this book. Tune in next week for the next set of chapters in the same book. We might not have that option. We might not be doing things that are so overtly serialized. But we could position our episode much more like Journeys. Maybe not a journey to complete one coherent story, but a journey of understanding. I mean, we're certainly on a journey of understanding here on Three Clips, and at first it was just randomly grabbing at shows that we wanted to profile. We're kind of still in that mode right now. But maybe over time we decide, you know what? We're starting to build a coherent picture of what it is to build a great show. Maybe we come up with some kind of heuristic, some kind of model or system or approach, but a point of view for what it actually means to find and share your voice and make a difference through a show. And if we have that model, well, we're going to have a lot of questions about the parts and pieces. So now let's go on a more serialized adventure. But even if we don't have something quite so complex, you or I, in our shows, we can say things like this. Last time on Three Clips, we explored this show and we learned X, Y, and Z. And that led to some questions that we have like one, two, and three. So today we answer those. And even those simple tie-ins that reflect backwards in time to the last episode and forward to what you're about to explore that makes it feel 
like it has impact, like you're going on this journey. And if you missed any of the previous installations, well, you better go back and take a listen. In these little ways, you can convey that you and your listener are going deep. Deep. No one is hiring me at theringer.com. All right, <laughs> let's go to the second clip. This next clip is from their very first segment on binge mode every single episode. This is the first named segment that they use to analyze whatever content they're talking about that day. Uh, We're going to play the clip from the same episode that we just started with. And the purpose of the segment that the binge mode hosts introduced to us is to recap the plot points of whatever they're talking about that day. So in this case, they're talking about what happened in the chapters within this Harry Potter book that we should know about. Let's go to the clip. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Are you ready to offer up a brief refresher on what actually happened in Goblet chapters 16 to 20 by climbing aboard this Scarlet Steve engine and plot the Hogwarts Express? It's time to see who will compete Choo-choo. in the Triwizard Tournament. Yes. Or the Quad, as we're calling it this year. <laughs> Shouts to my dude Karker off. God. Tough hang. <laughs> the Goblet of Fire spits out the name of the champions one by one. Yes. Victor Crumb, obviously. Flor de la Cour, yeah, it makes sense. She's great. Cedric Diggory? Handsome. Handsome. Sure. <laughs> and then. And then. Harry Potter, wait, what? <laughs> so for context here, Binge Mode uses the same episode structure, the same format for every single episode and each season. In other words, the canon of fantasy content they binge like Harry Potter. It's this underlying template that they use, and that helps them get listeners to the end. We as listeners avoid fatigue the same way that me pausing might reset you a little bit. Or me introducing each of the next clips might snap you back to active listening. (laughs) The goal with this segmentation approach is to enhance the experience and to ensure that we as hosts obey the golden rule of show running. Get them to the end. Now, there are three distinct insights we can pull from this clip and the third and final clip of our episode today, but three distinct insights that we'll get from this idea of segmentation of an episode. And we're going to go deep into each of these in a second. Deep! (laughs) Here are the three insights in brief. Number one, recurring segments across episodes. In other words, the same segmentation that you use every single episode, that builds community. Number two, Segments that we use should have a purpose for the listener. It should serve this greater premise of your podcast to explore X, Y, or Z, but it should also be logical in the flow of listening. It's not just random gimmicks stuffed in ad hoc. Every segment is placed carefully in the right order to make the case about what you're exploring. So segments should have a purpose. So number one, recurring segments build community. Number two, segments should have a purpose to the listener. And number three, Segmenting an episode is how we bridge that invisible divide between where we stand and the production value of shows we admire. It's how we innovate and do something that feels wildly creative and super refreshing to listeners, but without us needing to throw money at the problem or even do much editing and post. Okay, let's go into each of these insights one at a time. Number one, recurring segments across episodes builds community. In the case of Binge Mode, They open every episode the same way. We actually heard how they open in our first clip today. And then they move to the first segment. That was our second clip today, which is where they recap the plot points. And they do that every episode. So this, along with all the segments they use throughout a given episode, gives Binge Mode an identity. It's their IP, their proprietary way of deconstructing the content that they binge. 
Now, we could all benefit from having this proprietary way of deconstructing or exploring any topic we explore. But more than just having something we can brag about that seems unique, it improves our ability to build community. As the listener consumes more than one episode, it starts to click. You start to anticipate what they're doing. And as the host remixes those little moments, you feel a sense of community building even more. You're in on the inside jokes. And that feels great. Now, Binge Mode doesn't remix the segments in crazy ways. They're not pulling random stunts. Whether they explore Game of Thrones or Harry Potter or Star Wars, their first segment is always a recap of the plot points. But they're able to change it ever so slightly. They refresh it with some playful language that might evoke some of the plot, some of the canon they're exploring. And sometimes they'll playfully use the words Binge Mode or Podcast instead of a character's name or a setting. So, for example, in the case of our last clip, if you recall, Jason said this. By climbing aboard this Scarlet Steam Engine and plot the Hogwarts Express, it's time to see who will compete Choo-choo. in the Triwizard Tournament. To get to the plot points, they climb aboard the Hogwarts Express. That's similar to each Harry Potter episode. And Jason says that in plain language a few different times, and maybe then he adds in the choo-choo, and then in this episode you could tell they've done it a lot. So people anticipate it, and maybe even Jason's starting to get bored saying the same line. So what does he do? He says it in a weird, crazy, playful way. Genius. Simple, but genius. And when they talk about Game of Thrones, they wouldn't say, climb aboard the Hogwarts Express, so they remix that. On the season for Game of Thrones, when they enter the plot points section, the first segment of their episode, they say... So let's take a quick trip down our own King's Road to recap Season 3, Episode 8. So, again, recurring segments that run consistently across episodes build your community feel. It helps you and your listener develop a deep relationship. Deep! (laughs) The second thing we can learn is how segments should have a purpose. And actually... Why don't we just go ahead and play our third and final clip from Binge Mode because I think this really highlights why your segmentation needs actual purpose. So I'll play this final clip and then we'll talk about the the remaining two things that I mentioned before that segmentation can teach us about making great shows. I think it'll make more sense. So here's clip number three, which is the same Binge Mode episode and it's when the hosts introduce the next section, the second segment, after they recap the plot points. And that gets us to this episode's big idea. So let's dive into the pensive to sift through our thoughts. The defining theme in chapter 16 through 20 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is isolation. So much isolation. Chapter 16, the Goblet of Fire. (laughs) Okay, so at this point, remember, they finished recapping what happened in the content they're about to deconstruct. So we're all on the same page. We get what happened. And then they say that brings us to this episode's big idea. Now, the big idea section always follows the recap section. Why? It makes logical sense in the flow of the listener experience. So that's our second insight about the power of segmentation. The first is that it creates those inside jokes, that community feel across episodes. But the second lesson here is that these segments shouldn't just be cheap gimmicks inserted just anywhere. They should form a logical flow to the listener. You're kind of making the case for whatever you're exploring. It's your attempt to truly help your listeners get it. So it makes total sense that once we understand what happened in the plot, we can pick out that plot's big idea. So here are the facts. Here's what. Remember, this is what happened. That's the first segment. Okay, next segment. What do we take away from this? What's the big idea? Now we're ready to go deep. Deep! (laughs) Deep. 
Binge Mode has a number of segments, each of which they name out loud to their listeners, and they introduce it with a playful little bit of voiceover, and then it gets its very own music to introduce that chapter. But your segments might not be overt. Maybe they're implied to the listener, and they're all in your head, or they're written out in a doc you don't share publicly. But listeners end up with this wonderful experience that flows logically end-to-end. Regardless, don't just come up with a bunch of random gimmicks and stuff them anywhere. Create a logical flow that helps the listener lose themselves in the episode. And then, good news, they arrive at a clear understanding by the end. By the way, if you're curious, I ripped out Binge Mode Harry Potter's flow, their segmentation. This is often called a rundown in TV. Here are all the segments they do. Number one, housekeeping. It's the ad, then two disclaimers, one about spoilers, and one about adult content. Then a quote from the content they're exploring. It could be read by the hosts, or maybe it was a movie and they downloaded a little bite from it, but it starts with a representative quote. Then the opening, which is clip number one, the hello yes, their names, what a great website, and going deep. Deep! Then the first segment, the recap. Second segment, today's big idea. Then the third segment, the history of something specific. Maybe they say, we're going to head to the Citadel to learn where White Walkers come from. That's Game of Thrones. Or they hit the Gryffindor Library or Jedi Temple. It's always the history or lore behind something key. Then, the next section, seven key insights or takeaways from this content. Game of Thrones, for example, there's the seven-pointed star or the light of the seven, the seven deities. Harry Potter talks about the number seven as having magical properties. So, seven insights or takeaways. And then finally, they declare the winner of the week. Or, in the case of Harry Potter, they award the House Cup. Intro. Recap what happened. Assign one big idea from what happened. Go deeper into one thing you just analyzed that we might not fully grasp. What's the history of it? Then, the seven key things that best illustrate today's big idea. And finally, declare your winner once and for all from all of this stuff. Segments greatly enhance the listener experience, but more so, segments should make sense to the listener. It's almost like a book or a keynote speech. It should march listeners from where they're at to where you want them to be, hitting every single beat along the way. These are not gimmicks. This is a logical flow. So, just to recap, segments can, number one, create community since they recur across episodes. Number two, create a logical case or flow for the listener. But to do that, we have to treat segments with a more strategic, holistic, episode-long lens than just cheap gimmicks we insert once in a while. And finally, third, we haven't talked about this yet, but the final lesson from this segmentation approach, the huge lesson that I think we all need more in marketing, is that segmenting episodes can radically improve the production value, and it doesn't require us to invest in much post-production at all. I want this written across like every marketer's desk. When you have a plan heading into the episode, the experience can be just as good as lots of editing after. That's right, a formula for an episode, which by the way, can just be introduced off the cuff by the host. You don't need a little clever narration or even a little musical sting. You can just say, all right, this next segment is called X. That's where we do Y. So to my guest, I'll ask you why. Segments can make up for the fact that you're resource constrained. Now, just to be clear, You're still creating a different type of show than a narrative podcast. It's not like one is better or worse, but it is different. But we have this false belief that production value comes from editing the episode after it's recorded. In truth, production value can come from what we plan before we even begin. Even for interview shows, by the way, this is not just applied to co-hosted scripted shows. So for example, I'll listen to Bill Simmons in sports or Kara Swisher in tech. 
And I've noticed lately that they might say something like, we'll talk about that in the next section, but for now. Or in the case of Bill Simmons' second podcast, The Book of Basketball, Simmons will talk about a historical basketball game and he'll say, all right, next section, what aged the worst? Or Kara Swisher will say to her co-host, Scott Galloway, all right, winners and losers of the week. They'll introduce these segments overtly, but ultimately on the fly. They don't edit it in afterwards. So either way, the best interview shows or the best co-hosted shows or the best scripted shows, the best shows have segments. They have a plan. We might not see it, but they do segment. With Binge Mode, we, of course, know those segments because they make them clear to us. But it doesn't have to be that way. Look, it can often feel like the greatest, most creative shows on the planet are all about what they do after the recording to edit. And I think it's actually about what happens before. Plan your episodes. Segment the experience, whether overtly to the listener or just behind the scenes for you and your team. This approach helps you create the show's IP. It's your proprietary way of addressing this content. Sure, somebody else may have explored this topic or interviewed that guest, but not like you do. Segments build community. They enhance the listener experience by enhancing the logical flow of the episode. Segments can also be tweaked and experimented with, so you can constantly reinvent your show to get better and better and keep people engaged over time, because essentially you're making a modular episode. Your show will never grow stale as a result. It may seem like there's a huge chasm between us and those we admire, but podcasters who segment their shows seem to dance over that chasm, while others freeze because they have no set approach and no plan to their episode. Be the podcasters who see the divide and laugh, who go skipping through not an empty ravine, but what is actually this wide open feel full of opportunities to be more creative. Plan ahead. Segment your episodes. Do everything in your power to take your subject matter and your listeners and go deep. Deep. Thank you so much for listening. I got to thank Contently for sponsoring this episode and making this show possible. Please support our show by showing Contently that eh, they should continue sponsoring our show. <laughs> Go to uh, contently.com slash three clips. The number three, the word clips. Contently.com slash three clips to explore what I feel is the most entertaining content strategy course ever created by a brand. Contently.com slash three clips. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to our newsletter, we run a monthly newsletter called MSR Monthly. Uh, I personally write this every single month. I share one insight about show running, similar to the stuff that you heard on this episode, but this insight is only found in the newsletter, nowhere else. I write it out every month and send it on the last Friday of the month, along with a roundup of our most popular articles and episodes. You can subscribe at marketingshowrunners.com. And by the way, all these links are in your show notes. Also, this is totally ironic. I have to insert this here. Uh, this is an edit. This little section I'm saying to you right now, I'm adding this clip in because when I finished recording this episode, I went on Instagram where I followed Jason Concepcion, one of the co-hosts and uh, senior creator at TheRinger.com. And he it said something about uh, people asking him if he's rich now and that not being the case. And I remember a rumor that The Ringer was going to get acquired. And sure enough, I searched for The Ringer on Google and I find that The Ringer was acquired by Spotify. So what I should have said this whole episode was The Ringer, which is a Spotify company. There you go. 
I am Jay Akunzo, a very parched Jay Akunzo. I don't know if you can tell. I'm, I'm recording this in Tucson, Arizona, giving a speech at a brand's conference. <clears throat> so I keep clearing my throat, and what you don't see is I have tea and coffee and water like you wouldn't believe here. So hopefully this episode didn't pick up on that. <laughs> but I am a very dried out Jay Akunzo, and I believe in Tucson and everywhere that great marketing isn't about who arrives. It's about who stays. So thank you for staying with me, and I'll talk to you next Monday on a brand new episode of Three Clips. See ya. Here is this week's recommended read for the Marketing Showrunners blog. It's called The World's Biggest List of Branded Podcasts and Video Shows. This is one of those like huge things you work on as a creator or a marketer, and you forget that just because you're so aware of it, most people aren't. Because I tweeted this the other day. We, we made it in November of last year, and I tweeted it the other day, and people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I want to resurface it to you, the world's biggest list of branded shows. Uh, we always add to it, so it's always growing, and we've curated every brand we can find and links to their shows and segmented it by podcast versus video. And then within those categories, B2B, B2C, and nonprofit slash EDU. So that's the world's biggest list of branded podcasts and video shows. Check your show notes for the link at the bottom or search the blog at marketingshowrunners.com. Deep. 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 <laughs>